This is the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, the host and creator of this podcast that takes a look back at some of Bakersfield's most notorious crimes, events, and characters. Hello, Notorious Bakersfield listeners. Welcome to another episode. This is going to be a little bit different, and I'll explain that a little later on. But first, I wanted to let you know, I'm working on this year's Notorious Bakersfield Halloween Audio Tour. This tour will cover true crime and creepy locations in Southwest Bakersfield. It will be available for purchase beginning Saturday, October 1st, and run through Halloween. Keep an eye on Notorious Bakersfield's social media pages and the website, NotoriousBakersfield.com. Oftentimes, I run across stories I like to cover, yet these stories aren't substantial enough for a single episode. So I decided I'd start covering these stories, put two or three together, and include them in one episode. There'll be a collection of several stories in one episode. I'll call these particular episodes Notorious Bakersfield Shorts. This is the first such episode. The first story I'm going to tell you about, Breaking Bad Bakersfield Style, a story about a CSUB associate professor who manufactured PCP, or angel dust, in the college's chemistry lab. The second story, Murder at Taco Bell, about a shotgun slaying of a Taco Bell employee. Story three, The Percolator Perpetrator. <laughs> I didn't make that up, I swear to God. It's a story about a series of coffee house robberies in and around downtown Bakersfield. The television series Breaking Bad premiered in 2008. It's one of my all-time favorite TV series. If you've never seen it, the premise of the show goes like this. A high school chemistry teacher transforms into a ruthless kingpin in the methamphetamine drug business. In 1977, 31 years before Breaking Bad was released, Bakersfield had its own Breaking Bad situation. This is Breaking Bad Bakersfield style. On February 25th, 1977, after a month-long investigation, the Bakersfield Police Department, the Federal Drug Enforcement Administration, and Cal State Bakersfield's police force executed a search warrant on the California State University Bakersfield Chemistry Lab. Following the search, Dr. Luther Dixon, a 38-year-old associate professor, was arrested. Dixon was charged with possession of fencyclidine, a.k.a. PCP or angel dust, possession of barbiturates and barbiturates for sale. Seized in the raid was three pounds of PCP. Authorities estimated the street value to be $350,000. Dixon had been an associate professor with the university for five years, since 1972. CSUB fired Dixon for not showing up for work after he was in jail for three days. The professor's bail was initially set at $75,000. 
His defense attorney was able to convince a judge to lower it to $25,000, an amount the accused drug manufacturer was able to come up with. However, while Dixon was free on bail, he was arrested again for manufacturing PCP again. This time, he had his lab in his apartment. Two weeks later, the chemistry professor made a deal with assistant district attorney at that time, Ed Jagels. The DA would drop four other related charges if Dixon would plead guilty to the original manufacturing charge. At his sentencing hearing in October 1977, before Judge Jelitich, Dr. Dixon took the witness stand to beg the judge for a light sentence. Dixon told the court how he was the youngest of nine children, raised solely by his mother. Out of high school, he joined the United States Air Force. He used the GI Bill and scholarships to attend college. He got his bachelor's, master's degree, and a doctorate in organic chemistry. He explained that before he was arrested, he was planning on continuing his education by going to medical school. He aspired to be a medical researcher. Judge Jelitich expressed how difficult this decision was for him. He said Dixon would have been a candidate for probation after his first offense, but the second arrest changed that. Dr. Luther Dixon was sentenced to two years in prison. I researched online for Dr. Dixon. I have no idea what happened to him after he was released. I can't find, I can't find him anywhere. I hope he was able to live long enough to see Breaking Bad. And if he did, I'm sure he wondered where the creators of Breaking Bad came up with such an idea for a TV series. Remember, I welcome suggestions for future stories. If you have a story idea, you can contact me through the website, NotoriousBakersfield.com. Click the contact link to send me a message. And while you're at NotoriousBakersfield.com, you can show your support. Click the support link to buy me a cup of coffee. Be sure to follow the Notorious Bakersfield social media pages. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Pictures related to each episode, including this one, are posted to those social media pages. On July 10, 2000, a Kern County Sheriff's deputy driving north on Oswell Street spotted a car matching the description of a vehicle related to an earlier shooting. The deputy turned on his emergency lights and attempted to catch up to the suspected vehicle. The driver of this car was a multiple offender, Ernest Trujillo. Trujillo turned eastbound onto Auburn and into the parking lot of the Taco Bell. Today, that Taco Bell is now a Frosty King. This is murder at Taco Bell. With the deputy close behind, Trujillo pulled into the fast food restaurant parking lot. Without turning the engine off, Trujillo exited the car, carrying a sawed-off shotgun. He entered the restaurant, walked to the counter, leveled the gun at the female employee, and pulled the trigger. The victim fell to the ground, still breathing. Trujillo kicked open the door that gave access to the area behind the counter, and shot the victim again, this time point-blank into her head. 
As horrified customers fled the restaurant or took cover inside, Trujillo exited the west side doors and barricaded himself in a bathroom in the rear of the Taco Bell. After a short time, Trujillo came out of the bathroom and was taken into custody. The shotgun was retrieved inside the bathroom. The 47-year-old victim died at the scene. Her name was Julia Gandara. She had been an employee of Taco Bell for 11 years. Julia was also the mother of Trujillo's girlfriend. Ernest Trujillo is currently an inmate at Corcoran State Prison. He's eligible for parole in October 2026. In late 2002, a series of robberies occurred in downtown Bakersfield. Based on witness accounts, all of these crimes appeared to be committed by the same person. And he targeted small businesses, mostly coffee houses. That's how he got his name. This is the Percolator Perpetrator. At first, Bakersfield police didn't connect the rash of robberies in or near downtown Bakersfield. As far as investigators could tell, the crimes began in early November 2002, when the Havana house on Stockdale Highway was robbed at gunpoint. Then two days later, the California Inn on Chester Lane was robbed. There wasn't another armed robbery until over two weeks later, at a tanning salon on Stockdale Highway again. Then the crimes became more frequent, at least once a week, sometimes two or three in one week. As these robberies became more frequent, they also became more concentrated. Most occurred in downtown Bakersfield, and he seemed to target coffee houses or small businesses. The Supreme Bean on F Street and Java Jazz on 23rd Street were both robbed twice. The descriptions of the suspect for all robberies seemed to match. A white male in his early 20s, sometimes wearing a beanie cap, but when he wasn't, he had short brown hair. Victims said he weighed around 170 pounds, was between 5'7 and 5'11, with a medium build. Sometimes the bandit had facial hair, but often would be clean-shaven. When Bakersfield police noticed this pattern, they alerted the press to help get the word out. An armed robber was targeting small businesses in and around downtown Bakersfield. In an interview with the Bakersfield Californian, Police Sergeant Mike Cantrell noted that the suspect seemed to be picking up steam. A few days after the publication of that article on December 27, 2002, a keen Kern County deputy sheriff spotted an unoccupied stolen vehicle in the parking lot of the Denny's on Buck Owens Boulevard, a 1995 Toyota Camry. While the deputy was sitting in his patrol vehicle, filling out the paperwork for the recovered stolen car, a young man walked up to the stolen Camry. He opened the door and got in the driver's seat. The deputy detained the young man. He was arrested after admitting to stealing the car from his grandparents. This young man was 22-year-old David Thornburg. Then when Thornburg's grandmother was cleaning out the car, when Thornburg's grandmother was cleaning out the car, she discovered a 25 caliber semi-automatic handgun. 
She notified law enforcement about this discovery. Police were able to connect Thornburg to the recent rash of robberies. After being questioned by Bakersfield police, Thornburg confessed to the crimes. And it turned out Thornburg was a former employee at Java Jazz. There were 11 armed robberies altogether. The Havana House, the California Inn, the two Supreme Bean robberies, two at Java Jazz, the Subway on Oak Street, Fikes Market on 19th Street, Downtown Deli Mart on 8th Street, and Jag's Coffee House on Truxton. The resources used for all three of these stories was the Bakersfield, California. This is Robert Peterson. I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with another Notorious Bakersfield story. Have a good week.